0: Like is nice. It's fun to have. But people buy because of trust. Relationships are formed because of trust. Marriages, marketing, everything happens because of trust.
1: You're listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay
2: Greetings and hello, I am James Robert Lay and welcome to the 185th episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series and I'm excited to welcome Donnie Bovine to the show. Donnie is a global speaker and podcaster, as well as the author of How to Be a Success Champion, as well as the book Endless Stream of Referrals. And over the years, Donnie has trained sales teams at some of the largest financial brands in the United States. And I'm looking forward to diving deep into his perspective framed around personal branding and podcasting. As both go together like a great peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and both personal branding and podcasting, I see are future growth opportunities for financial brand and fintech marketing, sales, and leadership teams to create and capture in the future welcome to the show donnie it is so good to share time with you today james
0: dude i'm looking forward to this we've already had some fun conversations so it's always nice to get to know somebody a little bit before we dive in and bring as much value as possible
2: absolutely and before we dive in before we talk personal brands podcasts for financial brands what is good in your world right now personally or professionally always start the show off on a positive note
0: well, that's fun. I mean, I always like telling people that in addition to running six companies, I have a full working farm. So we raise goats, chickens, ducks, geese, the whole nine yards. And right now we've got five baby goats on the ground that are within a couple of weeks old. So you go out and any of those little goat videos you see, that stuff's real, man. It's like little popcorn popping all over the field. So got a bunch of new goats on the farm. It's awesome.
2: I got to tell you, you're talking baby goats. So for spring break, we took the kids because uh, you're up in Fort Worth, Texas. Yep. I'm in. Houston, we took the kids up to rusk texas and we rusk? Took did the train the train we did the train yeah. it's a texas railroad and we took the train and um it was so neat because we went and there was like a little baby goat farm that we we i, I don't know rode by trained by i don't know what the how you'd frame that but yeah we, but the, like you said like little popcorn kind of like all over that was so cute the kids were going crazy i love that man
0: yeah dude, i and people I haven't heard a lot of people i don't know about that but it's just a little train ride you don't go very far, but they take you to those little festivals and do all kinds of stuff. There's an RV park at one end of that train. We yes. camped at the RV park. It's the only reason we know about it.
2: Yeah, we actually we got off there. We did uh, we did lunch, and uh, they have a lake. It's a beautiful place, beautiful countryside, and the kids absolutely enjoyed it. So, man, great kindred spirits with, with that to start <laughs> things off. You know, Speaking about kindred spirits, we share a similar perspective when it comes to what I call the future of marketing, particularly within financial services, within banking. I'm betting that marketing gets a lot smaller where micro beats the macro. And what I mean by this is that the personal brand, the people within a financial brand have the potential to to, to be far greater than the corporate brand when it comes to capturing eyes, ears, hearts, minds of potential account holders. And it's quite simple. It's not rocket science. People trust people and people bank with people. And I want to get your take on this to start off. What are the biggest opportunities from your perspective for financial brands to empower their people internally to build personal brands while connecting with prospects in the communities that they're already serving?
0: One great question. So, you know, I grew up in like most of the people listening to your show in some of the bigger companies, you know, I worked for Cardinal Health for a long, you know, a hot minute. And it used to be the big brand names mattered. Like you had to be, you know, the Maytags or this household Sears, you know, those household names. But given everything that's happened recently in life, you know, world news, all that stuff, what people have learned to value is the individual person Hmm. is more important than the overall brand. Now the brand matters as a whole, but at the end of the day, the best way I can put it is if you don't think your people are a personal brand for your overall brand, watch a salesperson leave your company. They're going to take 75% of their accounts with them, may not be immediately, but eventually, right? Because the relationships with the individual, right? So, so if they don't allow people to establish this personal connection to get that trust, big business banks, everybody's going to be struggling down the line.
2: And it's interesting you talk about that fear of business walking out of the door if someone has a personal brand. And that's one reason that I think financial brands pump the brakes on empowering and encouraging employees to build personal brands, particularly in the context of digital social podcasts, which we'll talk about here in a second, but it's already happening in the quote unquote, real physical world back to your point. And I know there are a growing number of leaders and lenders who are already doing this in the space and a few come onto the show to, to learn and, and share their experiences uh, and for context for the dear listener uh, just for you know to go back in time paul long episode 107 greg martin episode 70 natalie bartholomew episode 96 and jennifer beast episode 105 the pattern and the trend that i'm seeing here though is a lot of these are either commercial lenders or leaders, or small business space, mortgage space. And there's really a lot to learn here. But from your perspective, I want to dive deeper into the roadblocks of the challenges that hold people back. And I see people, I want to really focus on the individual first. What holds people back from building a personal brand In the first place
0: well i think let's define personal brand because i think that's really important for your listeners you know marketing and advertising is what you say you do so you tell people you're a personal banker you tell people you know your lender whatever that's what you say your personal brand is what everybody says when you're no longer in the room Mm -hmm. right so when you've walked away so if you're not helping people tell the right stories about you then they're going to make up their own stories, which become your personal brand, right? So what I want most people to do is to wrap their head around, like the word authenticity is overused at the moment and people don't understand what it means to be authentic. So let me make it easy for you. Authenticity doesn't mean you share what you ate for freaking breakfast. Nobody cares. (laughs) Authenticity is you share the stories that resonate with your ideal clients so you can build that trust factor so a great example recently i was 45 years old diagnosed with adhd didn't know my entire life just got diagnosed and so i put a post out on linkedin and before i put a post out on linkedin to tell the world that i was diagnosed with adhd i asked the question would my ideal client which is a lot of entrepreneurs business owners resonate with me telling them I have ADHD, or am I doing this as a gimmick? And I justify that this was something I wanted to connect with my people with. So now part of my personal brand, although I don't want to be in that space per se, but a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners deal and struggle with ADHD. So for me, I shared the story of being 45 years old and finding relief being diagnosed with ADHD, which I had so many people, which I wasn't planning sending me DMS and messages and chats going, man, I've always wondered what led you to go get checked out. And it made this cool dynamic conversation happen that I've been having ongoing with other people. So when people think about being authentic and they think about their personal brand is what's the things that you can share. That's going to connect with your ideal audience and, and, It gets people over the thought process. We don't have to talk about the dark side of your life. You don't have to talk about you know, your dogs or whatever else, you need to talk about specifically what's gonna to talk to your audience.
2: That's a great point. And, and you you mentioned a couple of things. Number one, trust. I'm gonna come back to trust because I wanna connect on this whole ADD, ADHD thing because I'm, I'm right there with you, man. And I pulled up a couple of books just for the dear listener. If this is you, ADD, ADHD, Driven to Distraction, and then the other book uh, by Kate Kelly, you mean I'm not lazy, stupid, or crazy? These are a couple of <laughs> a books. These are a couple of books that I read back, you know, whenever I, you know, got this awareness. Because, I, w- I mean, I was probably in my early 30s when and, – and it was through marriage counseling that they were like, yeah, you, you probably are ADD. And I'm like, well – what does that mean? You know, because uh, it has this like stigma tied to it. And they're like, no, it's you're, you makes sense. You know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a visionary, and you just, you, your just brain connects things a little bit differently than everyone else. And I'm like, like, this is cool. So I'm right there with you. And it's through like just these dialogues and conversations and discussions that have nothing to do about work. It's just about life. And, and it's it. to me, like, I'm writing my second book, Banking on Change, and it's written through the context of what I, I have defined as exponential growth. And exponential growth is where one is growing personally while at the same time growing professionally because you're getting this like whole view of life. I think it's hard to grow professionally when you're struggling personally, and it's hard to grow personally when you're struggling professionally. And so it, here's where trust comes back into the mix because trust is in the pyramid of human relationships. This is a model that my wife and I, we worked on together. We do marriage preparation and we saw patterns of couples that were really like, you know, we were like, they're going to be great or they're going to struggle. And here's why they're going to struggle. And, you know, pretty much it, it became true. But there are three things. Respect is at the foundation of every relationship. Love is at the pinnacle. And love doesn't mean feel good, mushy stuff. But to bridge the gap between respect and love... And we'll look at this from the sense of marketing and sales. It's just commitment. It is trust and trust is built upon what you say and what you do. What's your take on that?
0: So I despise the phrase, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Yeah, and, and the reason I do it, and it comes from my sales background is people get so hung up on like,
2: mm. you got to like me, right?
0: Like is nice. It's fun to have. But people buy because of trust. Relationships are formed because of trust. Marriages, marketing, everything happens because of trust. This is why, if we want to swing it all the way back to personal brand, if you are one person at the office and another person at home, eventually those two people are going to meet and it's likely to be in your client's office. Conflict. Yep, absolutely. Because... The person that you introduce yourself to your clients, your prospects, the people you're doing business with is who they believe they're buying off of, right? Who they're getting a loan from, however you want to look at it. And then when they really meet you and where my perspective is, you know, a growing up country blue collar kid, you know, selling fortune 500 level stuff, suits, ties, haircuts, cars, you know, it at some point the country Donnie would come out And it was such a disconnect from how I showed up that I would lose trust and my sales would become more transactional versus lifelong relationships because I was breaking that initial connection. So so with it all, the only way you can build solid trust and maintain that through the lifetime of that relationship is you got to show up as you. And then I get the pushback. People are like, but dude, if I show up as me, then nobody's going to freaking, you know, want to buy from a guy who drinks too much, parties too much or whatever else. And it's the exact opposite of that. That is true.
2: It's interesting that you say that about showing up as who you are, because when you, when you, when you bring that alternative self to the mix, like I said, that's where the conflict lies. And I'll be the very first one to admit that almost, you know it it almost tanked my business it almost tanked my marriage and it was because i was lying first and foremost yep. i was lying to myself to yep. and that that it it didn't happen over time but it was really like this four-year like dark night of the soul that yep. came when my wife asked me you know are you lying about things and i finally was just like yeah i was and i am and i need some help and it was that first admission, I would say that's when things, st- and it was a long journey out of that to the other side, but that is when things started to open up in a completely new direction because I was being honest. And I, and one of the things that, that I teach financial brands when they're looking to maximize their future growth the three t's of transformation and the first t is you must tell the truth to yourself to your team and to your organization about where you've been where you're at and where you're looking to go next and sometimes those are really hard conversations to have for
0: sure you know i think most people struggle with it because they're so concerned that if people really met them that they wouldn't like it they're treating life like it were back in high school mm. and the 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 funny thing in saying that The only reason they have a fear of what these other people will think is because they can't look themselves in the mirror and actually like the person looking back at them. And as a species, we are so judgmental in nature. We're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that person would wear that. I can't believe they're overweight, underweight. And we judge everybody else. We have it in our head that we must judge, that everybody else must be judging us. Right. Right? So so to show up as you is to first stop judging everybody else, be a good person, and actually fall in love with the person that's looking back at you in the mirror. And if you can't enjoy that gaze with yourself, go dive into that world and understand what is it about you and how you're showing up that you don't currently like and explore that
2: i i, I want to dive deeper into this because i do believe that that people fail to commit to building personal brands is because and, and and really kind of the theme here is they are lying they're lying to themselves they don't think that they're good enough they don't think that they're smart enough or interesting enough and and i think jay bear says it best don't be interesting like like you know don't right. like be helpful i mean he wrote a great book around that utility and and but there's so much knowledge, you know, whether you're a, a lender or a leader on the commercial side, the retail side, the mortgage side, you name it, there's so much knowledge that you have to share, so much wisdom that can. And you mentioned transaction, right? To truly put the transformation of people over the commoditized transaction of dollars and cents. How can we help others, whether it's the dear listener or the dear listener, it's someone that they know? break free from these self-limiting beliefs that stand in the way of building a personal brand
0: well i I, first it starts with the leadership in any organization right you've got to quit putting so much pressure on the people underneath you like you go into most organizations and you look at their quota structure and how much volume an individual does every time they get a guy or gal that's just crushing it they double their quota right you know, and the people who aren't, you know, they're micro li- lifting their quotas and it's beating the crap out of their great people. Mm. So because of how leadership typically teaches their people underneath, they don't afford them the opportunity to show up as themselves. They're pushing, they're forcing there. So, so when you're in a situation where your back's against the wall, you do a lot of things to make sure you bust through Yes. outside of leadership, you know, pushing people too hard you know you got the individual themselves that has never personally met themselves ever in their life they've gone this whole journey believing they're chasing their own path and their own dreams but they've never explored about dude i was 40 years old before i had the courage to break out and do something and and really build and figure out who i was And I'll tell you, when you're chasing something and you're actually exploring yourself, odds are you're not going to like that person you meet. Because I damn sure didn't, because I didn't like how I showed up a lot of my journey. It took a lot of personal reconciliation and making it okay. Look, that's a life in the past. Let's move on. Let's be a good dude. I've always been a good dude, but let's not – let the things that happened in your past, and nothing of it was tragic. It just wasn't being who I was.
1: Digital growth is a journey from good to great, but sometimes this journey can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming. The good news is you don't have to take this journey alone because now you can join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs who are all learning, collaborating, and growing together. Visit digitalgrowth.com slash insider to learn more about how you can join the digital growth insider community to maximize your future digital growth potential. Now, back to the show.
2: You know, it's interesting that you say that because I just had Jim, the rookie Morris on for a conversation and he, and he was played by Dennis Quaid in the movie The Rookie. And it really is. It's a great story. And we were talking about this idea of being held captive by the past. And Dr. Benjamin Hardy, who's an organizational psychologist, he's been on the show twice. You know, he speaks frequently about like, always working towards your future self. Who do you want to become and then letting go of who you are, dying to the old to make room for the new, which is easier said than done. How can we do this? How can we die to the old?
0: You you made me think of Matthew McConaughey because I I love your ability to recall all these thoughts and the things you've done. So well done on that. But Matthew McConaughey, in a a speech, he's winning an award on stage. They asked him, who does he look up to? And he goes, me, 10 years from now. Yes. And I've always loved that phrase because I thought, gosh, and I did a phenomenal exercise at a convention one time. And I forget the the gal whose name was on stage, but she came out and she goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down every great thing you've ever accomplished in the last 15 years, like everything you're proud of. And we went through and we're writing down all these fantastic things. And it was a really cool exercise to see how much we've done. Yeah. And she goes, man, past 15 years have actually been pretty cool huh wait till you think what do you think is going to happen in the next 15 right so it was a great perspective yes you know to see how big it's going to go and i think for most people they're stuck oh my god i gotta pay my bills oh my god i've got to be at this event i gotta sit on this board i've got to do this thing and they're so stuck in the minutia of life that they're not looking at but god look what this is building look what this is taking me look what this is helping me accomplish look how i'm evolving and an individual and all these things i'm going through right now are going to be the next foundation of who i get to become
2: yes Yes, And as
0: they start looking more that direction, it becomes a beautiful way to walk your life.
2: This is where Dan Sullivan has written with Dr. Benjamin Hardy, actually a book called The Gap and the Gain. And it's so easy to fall into the gap. And I call this, you know, getting stuck doing, you know, we, we are not human doers. We are human beings and we must break free from doing to take time to review what we've done, reflect on those experiences, learn from those experiences, think about like the key insights that we can apply it to our next iteration of doing, and then, you know, repeat this cycle time and time again. But we measure progress. We met, we can measure progress from where we've come from. Cause sometimes when you look ahead at where you're going, like, this is overwhelming. I can't do this. But when you say, like you said, that 15 year exercise of like, wow, look at all we've now just imagine, you know, I was just having dinner this weekend. My wife and I, we went out with her uncle and a friend of his, and she's a doctor. Now she's doing some really cool cancer research and, but she's frustrated and we were digging deeper and I am like, where do you want to be? Like, what does your future look like? What? can you articulate that? And she had a very hard time to share that with me. And I said, look, look, here's the deal. Imagine we're having coffee or cocktails. And and this is one of the, my, my favorite questions to ask. We're having coffee or cocktails. It's a year from now. Cause I think, you know, if we can just look at a year, we'll start there and you're in a really good place. The first and most important question of, it, of them all is what are we drinking? So <laughs> Donnie, we're having coffee or cocktails. What are we drinking?
0: Oh, Captain Morgan.
2: there, Captain Morgan, there you go. I'm having an old fashioned. So you're having Captain Morgan. I'm having an old fashioned. and you're in a really good place. I want you to take a drink of that the, the, the Captain Morgan And I want you to look back to this conversation today and tell me three things that need to happen between now until then for you to feel good about the progress you're making on your on your own journey of growth.
0: You know for me, it's really simple. I don't need three things. and and the reason I don't need three things, is we are tracking to hit everything that we set out to hit. So every year we set out this is what we're going to accomplish this year. Right. So we're tracking to hit. You know, so I know we'll have the number of people that we set out to come up and say thank you. Right? We set that as an actual milestone, number of people we want to come up and say we made an impact and changed their lives. We know exactly how many clients and companies we're going to be working with. We set that out and we know exactly how we're going to get there. Right. And we know the impact that we're leaving behind us as we go. Right. So we know where we're going to be. For me, I'm more fascinated about what can we actually accomplish in 10 years? Right. Because you go to Bill Gates is like people underestimate what they can do in a year or overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10. I'm personally more fascinated with what can we actually accomplish in the future? Yes. you bring in crazy things like NFTs and everything else that's coming in the marketplace that everybody's trying to get their hands on and figure out how they work. Right. You know, what is the evolution of business in the future and where do we fit into the overall scheme of things? And, What's that impact and change we've left overall? That's what keeps me more fascinated.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And speaking about that bigger future, let's bring some of that bigger future into the present moment when it comes to personal branding, because one of these areas that I know you're personally passionate about is what we're doing right now with podcasts Uh, because I mean, what an amazing opportunity to multiply literally your voice to reach exponentially more ears that would not be possible in any other type of medium or platform, maybe outside of video, but video adds its own complexities, which is where podcasts come back into place. Plus there's the auditory side of things, which, you know, that's the relationship side. Where's the opportunity here in your mind, thinking about banking to, you know, through the context of podcasting and personal branding to create exponential value looking ahead into the future?
0: I think we have to get people to understand what podcasting really is. Mm. Podcasting is a networking tool, right? It is also a how-to tool, okay? So if you think about social media in general, YouTube and podcasting are how-to platforms. People go to listen to podcasts. They type in, how do I do X? Right, right right? So the second side of that is it's the greatest networking tool under the sun. You've yes. already very professionally name dropped a bunch of really cool places. I'm not busting chops about name dropping. You've, you've done it in a respectful way and said, this is how they contributed to my story. Right. Which I love about that. So what, and I'll not use a financial advisor as a way to do this because financial advisors are the most regulated people when it comes to putting content out in the market.
2: Absolutely.
0: Right. So I had a financial advisor come to me at one point and he said, I'd love to start a podcast, but I want to talk about money and I can't do it. And I said, well, why would you ever start a podcast to talk about money? He goes, well, I need more people to buy things from me. I need to do more. Like, that's the wrong way to look at it. Right. I'm like, what's your biggest hobby in the world? He goes, man, I love fly fishing. I'm like, cool. Tell me more about fly fishing. And he's geeking out talking about the different rods and reels. And I'm completely in over my head and I don't even know how to contribute to the conversation (laughs) at this point. Right. And you know, I said, why not start a fly fishing podcast? He's like, why the hell would I ever do that? I said, Tell me about your ideal client he's like I want CEOs and major companies who are doing you know million dollars they have the extra and he was explaining that these were a high net value people right I said how many of these high net value people do you think fly fish He goes a ton of them I said how hard is it to get into their office he goes it's extremely hard I said what if you reached out? And said i have a podcast about fly fishing mm-hmm. i would love to grab and hear your fly fishing stories how you got into it how you grew up into it and just to show, show the world a different side of you most of those heavy-hitting ceos are going to raise their hands say hell yes let's have that conversation now you get to sit down have a dynamic conversation geek out on what you geek out on you think A week or two after the show airs, you reach out and say, hey, can I buy you lunch? You think they're going to turn down that lunch?
2: Nope.
0: Absolutely not. It's the greatest networking tool on the face of the earth. The flip side of it is you can go like I am and get on podcast, tell your story, give some value, and hope that people get some solid takeaways about you, that they get curious enough to go, huh, I want to know more about that Donny guy. And then they go start Googling, they start researching, and you are given a platform to go and connect and you're building a new level of trust that no other platform in the world has allowed us to do.
2: You know, I think, and this is why I'm so excited, you're tapping into all of the opportunities that I have spoken about and and teach because it's the networking. This is about using technology to connect people with people. I don't care how digital the world becomes, it all comes back to people. It's just the way that we connect, interact, and it's opening up doors, and it's also opening up hearts and minds in completely new ways that we didn't have access to 15, 20 years ago. And to get to this level, And then to think about what the opportunities are in the future, that's what really gets me excited because now it's like, okay, I work at a credit union. I work at a community bank. I'm a lender. I'm a leader. Now I can, you know, maybe, and and we've seen a couple of clients do this. They'll highlight the stories of local businesses to elevate them. And then they're just simply kind of taking a back seat and playing the role of facilitator. Because I mean, if you think about like you mentioned high school before, if you think about high school, who were the cool kids were the cool kids, the ones that went to the party or were the really cool kids, the ones that hosted the party. Right. And it was, (laughs) and and if you can host the party and invite other people in, uh, I think it was Emily post, Emily post, you know, in, in her book, it was like 500 pages. She ended her book and, and, and it said if the host is having fun, and I'm paraphrasing, if the host of the party is having fun, everyone else is going to have fun. And so I think right here is what you're tapping into, this idea of networking, of bringing people together. And then that starts to build a platform. It doesn't just build an audience. It begins to build a community of like minds and this community building too that i think is just an untapped opportunity because you think community financial brand you think of zip code county state etc but no community is also it's what we're doing right here in this space
0: yeah you know community is 100 the answer right now and and the reason being and facebook figured this out two three years ago and Facebook was tanking, right? It mm-hmm. was going the way of MySpace. All these other things were coming out because we'll just and it was all wrapped around election. And I don't talk world news, but that's why it was tanking, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, our platform is too divided. How do we get people to keep coming back to the platform because they were losing in droves? And what they realized and what they figured out is if people had a commonality, something that they could geek out on together, that the world news side of things didn't come into it right? and that they could create these communities. And I can promise anybody building a personal brand. If you have champions and I define champions by people who are going to go out and stand out front and tell other people about you because you're great at what you do. You, you're great in the community, whatever reason, whatever value you're providing them, they're going to stand out front for you. If you create a community of champions, you can do anything you want in the world. So like we're, you're a hundred some odd episodes into this podcast, maybe more than that. And, you know, so you've got a following of people. If you looked at that audience and says, guys, you really need to go get this book. Odds are there's going to be a movement of people that's going to flood Amazon and go buy that book merely off of the trust you've given them by constantly being a voice of the industry. Mm. And what people forget is as you're building that community, it, we'll use Gary Vee and NFTs, right? Gary came out and said, I'm going to launch an NFT. Everybody's like, I don't know what an NFT is, but I trust Gary Vee. And if Gary says go that direction, we're going in that direction. And the dude made $94 million in 24 hours with his NFT. And half your audience just went, what the hell is an NFT? But that's a, a, a side story, but that's what I'm talking about. When you have such a strong community, because you've shown up as you, you are providing value, you're helping your community, you're giving them a place where they can all geek out together on whatever it is they geek out on, man, you are the guy hosting the party just to bring it full circle.
2: You know, I want to give a couple of more shout outs here for people who are doing this so that the dear listener can reference this and like, they're like, ah, Donnie, this is great, but make it more practical to me. Lynn Jarman Johnson. She was a guest going back early episode. I think it was like episode 45. If my memory serves correct. She's at consumers credit union and they have a multi-year running podcast called money. I'm home. And then there's Carrie Ann Benton Stimson who I've known since 2014 and she's the chief marketing officer of the jmb group out of jamaica and she's doing fantastic work around this idea of empowering like brand champions or internal employee advocates through her internal marketing podcast. And so uh, we had a conversation going back to episode 64, but back to the point of making recommendations, check out Carrie Ann's podcast, the internal marketing podcast to continue to go deeper into the conversations that Donnie and I have started here today. Donnie, I want to get real practical as we start to wrap up here looking ahead What is a very practical, small step the dear listener at a financial brand, a bank, credit union, maybe even a fintech, that they can take next on their own journey of growth to build their own personal brand, maybe through podcasting, maybe that's a next step down the road, but but let's start small here.
0: Yeah, for sure. If I were in their shoes, I would 100% go to LinkedIn. I would then take an afternoon and write down everything significant that's happened in their business journey over the last however many years they've been in business. I would then take that story and put what was the business lesson they learned about the story. And then I would for the next 30 days, maybe 60 days, I would put out one story a day on LinkedIn. Don't worry about who's reading it don't worry about who's liking it don't worry about who's viewing it It, part of the personal brand on social is consistency and showing up it's how you establish trust and if you put out 30 to 60 stories what you're going to see so think go back to my adhd story hey i just got diagnosed with adhd right it was a story that allowed me to go No wonder building a business is so hard because I'm constantly swirling all over the dang place. I'm like the dog from Up, squirrel, you know, all the time. And now that I'm getting help and getting treatment for it, things are actually moving in the right direction. That was just one example of the story, but you take that story, you put it out on LinkedIn, you get authentically raw, like we defined it earlier about what am I, can I share that's gonna connect with my ideal audience? From a personal story, maybe with a business lesson on it, 60 days, pop that out every day. Don't skip Saturday and Sunday too. And watch how quickly your following comes to the table. And you're going to see things like, man, I was there too. I did that. You're going to see things and people are going to start looking for your content as long as you are more into playing the long game with this. That's a great
2: point. Play the long game because just like any relationship in the quote unquote real world, the physical world, it takes time to gain respect, to establish trust and ultimately fall in love with someone. This is a long game and you're right. We'll call it 99% of winning here is just simply showing up, which is kind of a rule of in life. Just period, which I'm teaching my kids that just show up every, you know, when everyone else is not showing up and, and, and do the hard work that no one else is, is willing to do today so that you can win tomorrow, the next day. And the next day, Donnie, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you for showing up and sharing Absolutely, this time with brother. me man
0: one quick thing for you guys if you listen to this episode and you like got any value out of it whatsoever like one tip one trick do james the biggest favor and tell one other person, one other banker, to listen to the show. Being a fellow podcaster, one of the biggest struggles is continuing to gain new audience and finding more people to come in. Share this out with one other person that could get absolute value out of it. It's literally like you walked up in Game J, a personal hug, man.
2: Man, no, Donnie, thank you so much for that. And, And to end, this has been a fantastic conversation. If someone wants to continue the conversation with you, the dialogue discussion we started today, what is the best way for them to reach out to say hello?
0: Yeah, absolutely. If they'll text the word success to 817-318-6030, we'll send them all of our social handles and some freebies and stuff, but it's the fastest way to get connected with me. So text the word success, 817-318-6030, and we'll send you a whole bunch of goodies all from us and some of our champions.
2: Connect with Donnie, learn from Donnie, text Donnie, grow with Donnie. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. This has been a lot of fun today, man.
0: Uh, My honor, brother. Well done. Keep it up.
2: As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and make your bed.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. To get even more practical and proven insights along with coaching and guidance, visit digitalgrowthcom slash insider to join a community of growth minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs. Until next time, be well and do good.